0: Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller, and my guest today is Adam Mullins. He is owner of Grounded, which is a CBD store for the moment, but we're going to be talking CBD, marijuana, THC, and all kinds of legislative issues and whatever else comes up with Adam Mullins. Adam Mullins, welcome to this conversation. Thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It is a great pleasure. And I guess the first question to try to just get us started is what is a CBD store? on Main Street in Abingdon, Virginia, owned by you.
1: We provide uh, cannabidiol, which is CBD. It's a a hemp-derived product for everything from stress, uh, stress management, to pain management.
0: So it's called CBD, and I associate that with marijuana. Am I right? Absolutely. Because you used the term, you didn't say cannabis, but you said something like that.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, CBD is derived from hemp. It's also found in cannabis. So... That's the uh, that's two of the main places it comes from. So it absolutely is a cannabis product.
0: So it's derived from cannabis, which we think of as marijuana. But you don't say, I'm a marijuana store.
1: No. Because no. why? Marijuana, uh, it it's a bad word. Uh, it has a lot of uh, notation that comes along with it. Uh, most bad notations, by the way. Uh, just because of uh, where we've been to where we're at now. And I think... Uh, they probably like to use that word almost in a racist sense, believe it or not. So I like to stick with cannabis.
0: Well, I'm from the sixties, so it wouldn't be racist, it would be hippies and right you know, potheads and college students and all that kind of stuff associated with you know, rock festivals and nudity and so, but you're saying that you don't say marijuana primarily because it's kind of a marketing thing that people have bad thoughts when they hear the word marijuana?
1: Yes, with all those campaigns that had started back in the 40s, uh, marijuana was a word like, uh, like I said, it's almost a racist term. Um, talking, especially they used it against Mexicans back in that day to um, make this plant illegal. And it just kind of went from there.
0: So instead of calling it marijuana, you call it CBD, but it is derived from marijuana.
1: Well, CBD is just a component. There are, I think, 120 plus molecules that that plant offers. Uh, CBD is just one of them.
0: And the component, though, with marijuana, okay, straighten me out. Sure. It's, I think of marijuana as something that gets you high. Right. Does CBD get you high? Not at
1: all. Not at all. Zero side effects.
0: All right. Now, when I was in your store, I pointed to a product yes. and I said that it said something like THC yes. or something. I said, does that product make you high? And you said, yes.
1: Now, that is not CBD. That is a THC product. That's the difference.
0: All right. So we got CBD, which is from one little component. Yep. You're saying it's a molecule, a, yes. A molecule. Mm-hmm. So what kind of products are people coming to buy in your store, CBD products? Uh,
1: Mostly oil, uh, the tinge cures. I I really like that sublingual tinge cure um, just because of the delivery method that it is into the body. It's one of the most efficient ways to get that substance into your body um, as opposed to smoking it. And CBD does come in some smokable forms. I, however, don't adhere to that. Smoking is the fastest way to get it in your system. It's also the fastest way that your body uses it up. So on a medicinal scale, it's, you know, it's really good for relaxing, fighting some anxiety, panic attack issues. Other than that, it doesn't necessarily get into your system and activate your own endocannabinoid system.
0: Oh, my gosh, my own endocannabinoid system. How do I activate that otherwise?
1: Well, we have, you know, endocannabinoid in our bodies. We add photocannabinoid to it, which is the plant. Um, <laughs> okay. These receptors that we have in our body match these molecules perfectly.
0: Who figured this out? I mean, people just started smoking marijuana to get high. Who figured out that that has medicinal properties when you put it in an oil? I mean, like, are you talking... Arthritis or something? Absolutely.
1: Yes, ma'am. That's, yeah, uh, back in 1996, California being the first state to legalize, that also marked the first time that we were able to scientifically put this stuff, you know, so to speak, under the microscope, put it under that scrutiny, see what it's all about. And uh, even today, now that was 1996, what, 23 years later, we're still discovering things beneficial to our bodies from this plant.
0: Well, we hear about medicinal marijuana, medicinal use of marijuana. But this is something different. There are two prongs of the health benefits you're saying?
1: Not necessarily. uh, Medicinal marijuana, medicinal cannabis, how I like to refer to it, it's the same as recreation. There is no distinguishing from the two. And I I do believe a lot of times, um, especially, I guess, when it comes to teenagers, people start smoking the pot. You know, uh, listening to that Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, which is awesome. But I bet if you looked into their lives, especially teenagers, they're fighting stress. You know, they're probably self-medicating and don't even know it.
0: Because on some level, they're depressed or anxious, and yeah. they think, oh, I'll get high, and those feelings go away.
1: Yeah. But yeah. you.
0: But so when you have a medicinal permit to use marijuana, it's just getting you high, and you don't feel the pain so much, or you don't feel the anxiety so much.
1: Exactly. Yes. Like I said, uh, even before talking about CBD and smoking the fastest way to get it in your system, the same can be said about THC smoking. It is the fastest way to get it in your system. What tends to happen with smoking it though, is, uh, you get really high. Um, it overloads your receptors in that endocannabinoid system. When that happens, a lot of nutrients don't absorb. They just kind of bounce off because they're overloaded. Um, That's why it's always best to take it with an oil or even an edible like a gummy, you know, your typical brownie or whatnot. Uh, That's how you get the true medical benefits.
0: Where do we stand on the use of marijuana as a medical product in the state of Virginia?
1: Oh, I think uh, the medical program is is fantastic here in Virginia. The only thing that I think they could do a little bit better is just give us more facilities, more access to it in that sense. I think we only have like five Medical facilities in the entire state. Um, So, someone from, say, Grayson County, they're going to have to drive to Abingdon or Christiansburg to get their medication. So, that's one thing they can do or they should do is just give us a little bit more uh, access to it.
0: So, there's one in Abingdon?
1: Yes, ma'am. RISE.
0: How do you spell that?
1: R I S E.
0: Rise and I mean, people can come in. You have to have a medical license, you have to have get it from the doctor. You do, and then where is this place?
1: It's uh between um what exit 24 and 22, just right off um Highway 11, Lee Highway.
0: Okay, so I know where that is, and that's where people go with their little doctor's permit to get marijuana. And then how much can they get?
1: Honestly, I don't know, I've never been there.
0: Well. You're our expert. <laughs> you gotta you gotta find out these things, I, uh, or I we like, need to interview those people.
1: Exactly. What what I'm I'm a big uh, advocate for people growing their own medication, and that's what I do. So I don't have that need to go up there. <laughs> All right. Now
0: there are laws about that too. Yes. How, yeah. how much you can grow?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, as of as it stands, I haven't heard an, an, an amount, a limit on that, but there is a limit on the number of plants you can grow, which is four.
0: You can grow four plants. Yes. And if the police come, you say, These are my four plants.
1: Hey, come check it out. You might like how this smells.
0: <laughs> All right. So I can grow four, yeah. but it can make as much as I can get it to make.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you can grow it. Uh, if you know what you're doing and you stress it and push it enough, you can get well over a pound off of one plant, especially growing outside.
0: All right. Well, I just heard or saw something in the newspaper that says that there's a move afoot in Virginia yes. to criminalize the possession of marijuana and that if you have more than four ounces, mm-hmm. if you have more than four ounces, you could, this is just a proposal had yeah, passed, yeah. but you could be arrested. And if you're arrested, it's gonna be a $500 fine yes. and you have something on your criminal record. Yes. So what would be your position on that proposal?
1: I don't know why somebody would need to walk around the streets with four ounces in their pocket. You know, possession's one thing, having it at home's another. And, yeah, there's no reason to have four ounces on you walking around unless you're wanting to sell it. We'll call it what it is, you know. Yeah.
0: So you can possess it, but you just can't sell it. Right. Well, what What is the difference? I mean, if this... If this, if you can have four plants and everybody can smoke to their heart's content mm-hmm. on what they can grow, what if my plants are bigger and I want to sell some to you? Why is that an objection, even in your eyes?
1: Um, because the state can't tax it just yet. Um, when that the cannabis committee is formed and they will have those proper taxes on them, then they won't have a problem with you selling it. As it is right now, we're still like a, um, we're still kind of stuck in limbo. You know, the laws hasn't advanced enough for us. Or they haven't went back, you know, to where we were. We're just kind of stuck here. Under the Virginia law, though, we can gift it, give it away. It's perfectly legal. And trading, it's perfectly legal, just not for any kind of uh, monetary means. You can't trade it for that.
0: Well, some people would say that this effort to criminalize it and make a fine for Mm -hmm. having more than four ounces is just a way to bring in money. In fact, I think that proposal is actually accompanied uh, as part of the budget Twice. Yeah,
1: it, and it probably is. A, that's the fastest way for the state to make money off of it is fines. I mean, we'll call it what it is. Uh, yeah. Until they get those the, the proper taxations, uh, have those um, first and foremost get that committee formed. Um, I think it's going to mirror the uh, alcohol, the ABC board, only it's the cannabis board. So uh, once they have all those members and, and politicians can agree on things, we'll have that committee and and in turn will be taxed on it and have a retail and bring in I'm um, what I'm expecting is a lot of uh tourism to the to the area especially this area being like outdoorsy uh we have the creeper trail and all that stuff Perfect for a pothead. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: so potheads got to have love too. Is what it Absolutely. sounds like you're saying, as opposed to track them down and lock them up. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just over my head in this topic, honestly. So how do you know there's going to be a cannabis board?
1: Oh, that's what uh, that was under Northern's his first uh, proposal for this legalization. Um, he they first wanted to do it in the ABC store, and the state would have complete control over it, uh, over the industry. I'm really glad that they went away from that because the spirit of that law that that our previous governor has done, the spirit of it is wonderful. You know, giving the small man the chance, uh, giving the minorities a chance to have these businesses and keep them kind of out of the hands of the big greedy corporation, which is kind of what we're starting to see now. These big corporations moving into the Virginia and uh, trying to get in on this, I guess, uh, green wave that we're having.
0: What would be an example of that, of big corporations trying to move in? Uh,
1: there's a couple of corporations, I think, from um, Michigan and maybe even Canada that are coming in trying to uh, buy up and put a lot of money into these applications. Uh, it's going to cost some money to just get the application in your hand. Um, there's been numbers flown around like ten to $50,000 just to fill out the application, I guess, the application fee. Um, I, myself, a small businessman, I couldn't afford that. And... Northern, this, like I said, the spirit of this law was to promote these small businesses and these minorities and women, you know, being the uh, owners and CEOs of these corporations, which is fantastic.
0: So when you're saying that these big corporations are buying up the applications, are you talking about like the application as in the oil versus the smokable? Or what do you mean when you say um, applications?
1: Applications as far as uh, there'll be a, I think they're giving out seven, six or seven different applications from retail Uh, manufacturing, growing, um, even testing facilities, they'll all have their own license. Uh, You can have multiple licenses. um, And that's the problem that we're seeing. Like I said, these big corporations coming in and trying to purchase these up so they can control the market. I see.
0: My guest today is Adam Mullins, who is owner of Grounded, which he calls a CBD store in Abingdon, uh, keeping an eye open to getting out of what he's calling limbo, in terms of what he can sell and what he can't sell. Maybe t- if we could understand it a little bit better, Adam, if you just start at the beginning and tell us your story. Sure. Were you a pothead when you were a kid? <laughs> let's just get to the heart of matters. Something I actually, got you uh, interested.
1: I didn't start, uh, I guess, partaking until I was about 18, 19 years old.
0: And what was this? What was it like? It was like party, hey, let's smoke a joint and go party? Or you weren't saying, I'm feeling anxious, I want to smoke a joint.
1: No. No. Um... That actually is a personal question, but I'm not afraid to answer it. Uh, The mentality that we all had up until that point was, you smoke marijuana, it's like doing heroin. Um, One of my favorite skits on Saturday Night Live is, uh, let's see, uh, Chevy Chase, and he rolls him up a joint. and. Pulls his arm up, wraps around, and takes the joint, <laughs> sticks it in his you know his yeah. IV vein there, because um, that was the mentality up until a certain point.
0: You mean that people equated marijuana yes. with heroin, yes. and they did. They used to have films and mm-hmm. you so, you, they showed them in yeah. school where somebody smoked a joint and they started hallucinating and doing all these things that marijuana does not yeah. ever
1: do. Yeah, those are those propaganda movies. Uh, the Devil's Lettuce is one of them. Um, they become cult classics now, and we've kind of embraced them as as potheads. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, definitely reefer madness. So uh, I hit about eighteen, nineteen, and I'm going to try it for the first time. Here we go. After that first hit, I realized how much I'd been lied to. And I also believe that this is why cannabis marijuana was called a gateway drug. Um, the first time I tried marijuana, I wasn't raping anyone. I wasn't trying to commit crime. Only on a bag of chips, I think, I pretty well destroyed <laughs> Uh, so, and you
0: didn't want to immediately go shoot
1: up heroin. Exactly. Um, so, those, I guess, misconceptions, those lies, pretty much, uh, bad propaganda, kind of makes you think, okay, if they lied to me about this, what else was I lied to about? Um, so, that's kind of where my mentality and my thought process came from. Unfortunately, I maybe have experienced a little bit in those younger days and realized, okay, only part of this were lies. Yeah. <laughs> heroin is heroin. LSD is LSD, and cocaine is cocaine, meth is meth. Cannabis, on the other hand, I I never considered it a drug after that first time I tried it. Um, I guess now it's a medicine. I still don't consider it a drug, definitely a medicine. So that's kind of my thought process through the years and where I landed to where I'm at now.
0: Okay. Well, no offense, but you look like you're a little more than 20. So, what happened after the smoking dope at 18, and then all that other experimentation, and then the cynicism about being lied to? Yeah. What, yeah. Were, what were the in-between steps before opening this store in Abingdon, Virginia?
1: Um, a lot of you know just hard work, labor, and that to the to the, I guess from that to get to this store, I received a a little bit of a spinal cord injury. Um. I've learned those lessons. I'm completely anti-pharmaceutical. Uh, I don't trust them at the moment. I think that uh, conspiracy theory, nut job. Uh, yeah, I think the, the healthcare system kind of works like the pharmaceutical system is that we're going to treat these symptoms as opposed to getting to the root of the situation. And uh, I got CBD. And after a week of taking CBD, I went from paralyzed arms to full movement, full motion. By the time I get from uh, my first doctor's appointment to my neuros- neurosurgeon, the neurosurgeon's baffled. What's going on here? I-, I don't understand this. You shouldn't be able to be moving your arms like you two weeks ago you couldn't. Looking at the MRI, my spinal cord does a little loop outside of my spinal cord, my uh, vertebrae between C4 and C5. And I uh, said, I'm-, I'm not doing anything. You're not taking gabapentin or rotten? No, sir. Um, you haven't seen any other doctors. I'm looking at your chart here. You haven't. No, sir. You're telling me that this marijuana substance has taken that away. Yes, sir, I am. And I finally got him to to say, uh, well, I can't tell you to or not to take it. Just do whatever's helping you. I'm not going to refer you to that surgery just yet. Just know that you'll be hollering at me. That was four years ago. That was maybe six months before I opened that store.
0: All right. Now, this is just a little. This just sounds way whacked out, Adam. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you have an actual injury yeah. to your spine, and you're saying that... Are you saying smoking or taking the CBD?
1: Taking the oil. CBD sublingually. Yes, ma'am.
0: Okay, so under your tongue, mm-hmm. you take CBD, and that is taking away the pain from an actual yeah. physical deformation in your spine.
1: Yep. Um, once I started noticing that, I'm, I'm an insane person. I will study and research, and from that point, I actually went and had taken classes in Indianapolis because our area didn't offer anything like that at the time. Um, You start learning about that endocannabinoid system and where these receptors are. Uh, CB1 receptors are located entirely like in your bone marrow, uh, bloodstream, your organs. CB2s are entirely in your nervous system. So that's why it helps with these two areas, uh, neurologically and inflammation, anesthetic pain-wise.
0: You know where I thought you were going to be heading with that story about the pain in your back mm-hmm. and how you didn't trust the medical system? I thought you were going to say that they tried to put you on pain medications that were addictive or something like that.
1: They they offered uh, Gabapentin and Neurotin. Um, I would refused. Uh, just my own personal, uh, yeah, just my beliefs or how I feel about the, those pharmaceuticals. Living in our area, it's kind of hard not to have those hesitance toward those substances, if you know what I mean.
0: No, I really don't. I mean, I'm thinking I do related to, um, oh my gosh, what is it? that the
1: uh, meth- o- Opioid.
0: Oxycontin. Yes, ma'am.
1: Yeah, those opioids, is it's a bad road. Um, you, you start on those Oxycontin, those pain pills, those opiates. Not only do you have to worry about getting hooked on them yourself, um, even worse, death, but you also have to worry about your neighbor's or your neighbor's kid breaking into your house. To get said pills, so as much as we can do, Mother Nature's kind of given us a lot of that we need. Um, I guess, well, even opium is a mother is a natural product, but uh, yeah, yeah, to stay away from that, and the Good Lord blessed me with that substance.
0: So back to your story, then you discover uh, through just your own experimentation that this CB two oil helps with that pain. Yeah, and then how did we get from there to the store?
1: it was like a, uh, it was like a godsend. Uh, once, once I took that, this light bulb went off in my mind. Uh, I have to, if there's just one person out there that I can help, like I've helped myself, I've done a good job on this planet. So, uh, that that's where that came from.
0: And so was it complicated to get a license to open a CBD store on main street in Abingdon?
1: Not as complicated as I was expecting. I was expecting some good fights and whatnot. Uh, Luckily enough, there was a new age of person, you know, younger folks coming in to, that has run the town, um, and they were very excited for my business. I, I did have some hiccups along the way when it came to uh, banking and insurance, but we've actually uh, I've been able to pave that way, too, and get that figured out as well.
0: And so you've seen new attitudes with people toward marijuana in general, and I mean, I'm not an expert on this. I just know enough to be dangerous, but that there has been a lot of research. It's, yes that these substances do work.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um and, and yeah, I uh it's a it's amazing on how many <laughs> I say this jokingly, how many people in this town above the age of 50, and these are good Christian church going people that would test positive for THC because of those gummies that I sell. And on a medicinal level, I sell them for anti-anxiety, sleeplessness, and natural muscle relaxing. Um, everybody above the age of 50 has <laughs> all three of those problems um yeah yes yeah, like i said i do say it tongue in cheek but it's true uh perceptions have changed quite a bit just in the last four years uh, it's very positive too, the way they have changed
0: where do you get your your products you don't make them no. i assume
1: no no uh they come from a company in kingsport uh the only people that uh, uh spectra nova deals with and fortunately for me uh, is myself and pharmacies um they are a national company and uh I think last year they just sold a big contract to uh, Dillard's at Nordstrom. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh! So we can go there for our gummies. Yeah. No, wait. All right. You said they sell them to businesses like yours and pharmacies. Yes, ma'am. What do the pharmacy? What do you get prescribed in a pharmacy?
1: That's with this. Um, CBD. You don't require a prescription for. But if you're going to the pharmacy to feel better, they want that in their store as well. They they see the benefits and. It's amazing, too, on just the last two years, how many pharmacists and physicians alike have been coming to my store um, before they kind of shunned it. Now they're like, oh, OK, I'm going to give that a try myself. So I, I, I don't understand why they would sell it in pharmacies, actually.
0: Who are your customers? How is business?
1: Um, it's pretty good. COVID did take a hit on me. But uh, the governor at that time, he was uh, gracious enough to allow my type of business essential Um And luckily enough, I do believe that I have enough. uh, Now, I love my tourists, and they come in. I get to teach somebody something about this product that they didn't know before. But uh, I absolutely love my return customers, and I have several of them. In the last four years, I still have people that have come to my store for four years now. Uh, Repeat, I love it. Um, Just seeing their face when they walk through the door, knowing that I've made them feel better. And there's been people that have... Had needed help coming into the store at times, and I see them a month later, and they're coming in on their own without a cane. There's some kind of pride inside of me that swells for stuff exactly like that, and it never gets old either. <laughs> never you gets know, old. this
0: is so funny. I mean, because it, I feel like you know that I'm interviewing you and presenting you as an expert on this kind of stuff. Well, uh, to maybe to the non discerning <laughs> listener, but that these things you're describing, it almost sounds like. Yeah, I want to sign up, put me on that, I want to go <laughs> try it. It's like a an, an enthusiastic group, like a club, like a, I don't want to say cult, but the people who are just, they yeah. believe in this.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've had uh, one gal in particular, she came in, she's one of those people that her daughter helped her into the store. I give her a, a thousand milligram oil, and within two weeks she's hiking. She's on Creeper Trail, and she goes from the Creeper Trail to the Backbone rock to white top, and to this day she's still out there hiking and stuff, and she credits it all to that thousand milligram oil that that she had gotten off of me.
0: And this is because you experimented with yourself,
1: <laughs> pretty much,
0: and and discovered this. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, the views of this guest do not reflect the views of the host or the radio station or Emory Henry College. But boy, I got a true believer here. And uh, no, I
1: will throw this: out. I okay. did take my time to educate myself. Like I said, I took several classes in Indianapolis for you know quite some time to to educate myself further, so I can answer the questions in my store. I get so many so many different and crazy, wild questions that uh, I had to be ready.
0: How do your neighbors <laughs> on Main Street? Uh, interact with you. How do they feel about it? They oh. send people your way?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all bi- one big happy family there on Main Street. Absolutely love those folks down there. That We all just, yeah, just one big happy family from Zephyrs down to Anthony's. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, <laughs> and another thing that you said that I'm just not real aware of, I mean, I know that the Creeper Trail attracts a lot of tourists. And yes. People come from all over the place. But I didn't realize that you really could discern a significant number of tourists who are going up and down the streets in yeah. Abingdon.
1: Yeah, I, the creeper trail and definitely the barter theater. Um, I ship even now for years now. I've shipped to Texas, um, Minneapolis, Chicago, of course, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and yeah, that's that. Those are regular customers of mine that I've, I'll ship to Atlanta.
0: Do so you I, have any employees?
1: No, you have to Just do me. this all yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I, from time to time, I'll get some help. Yeah, Arlene, she's she's down at the shop right now, as a matter of fact, and. Uh, she's got the greatest personality ever as well. She's so warming. So people come in like to chat with her.
0: (laughs) All right. It's called grounded. What are your hours?
1: I'm open. Now we're sounding
0: like a commercial. No money has been exchanged for this. (laughs) Uh,
1: let's see, I'm open 10 to six every day, but Sunday,
0: 10 to six every day, but Sunday, what have I forgotten to ask you that people should know about this? I feel like I must've missed a lot.
1: Um, yeah, there, there's so much information out there, especially when it comes to our new laws that's getting ready to change with cannabis. Uh, like even strain-specific to certain ailments. If you come in for Crohn's disease, I hope to be able to say, you need this strain because this is the best for Crohn's disease and colitis. Chly- uh, they're both inflammation-based, and that CBD along with the THC and the cannabis definitely helps with that inflammation.
0: And you do follow the research?
1: Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and not only do I follow, I do my own research. I Where I have taken those classes in Indianapolis, I have the opportunity to be able to email some of those doctors and say, uh, "Hey, I've come across this. Do you have any recommendations?" Um, I haven't had to call them in a while, but something every once in a while, a question will come up to me, and that I will have to message one of those guys up there. So, luckily enough, I picked the right company to take these courses from, and uh, there's we're still kind of being able to communicate.
0: It seems like there's a whole. Interaction between the medical community and people who are using mar- marijuana derivatives that is just not common knowledge.
1: Right. I, honestly, when I see it, um, again, saying in tongue in cheek, there's a reason that Willie and, and uh, Keith Richards are still here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you look at these guys, and that's what they do, you know. Um, it's almost like a monkey see, monkey do in that sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's so much information. There's even more coming out. We have only hit the tip of the iceberg on this plant. I was reading a really amazing article about six months ago about a. Um, it's a very rare indica strain. It's Jamaican, and this plant did absolutely nothing but get you high, and shrink tumors in your pancreas. It was for pancreatic health, which is a killer. You know, pancreas, it's cancers. Oh, yeah. so Those gross, and it's bizarre how this rare plant kind of fixed all.
0: (laughs) More to come. My guest today, Adam Mullins. We've just touched the tip of the iceberg and stay tuned for more information about these products and this entire industry. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah,
1: Thank you all very much.
0: Adam Mullins from Grounded on Main Street in Abingdon. This is This Conversation. I'm Teresa Keller. This program can be found on the station Wednesdays at six and Sundays at two. Please stay tuned.